God to each and every one of us. And we are believing that God's oil will be released upon our lives. And for wherever you are listening to us, may the hand of the Lord be so strong upon you. And may he hold you even in this season of fear. May his power hold you in his loving arms. Can we shout a big amen? I want to share a few thoughts that I believe the Lord has laid strongly in my heart for the body of Christ. And I want to first read from Jeremiah 12, 5. Jeremiah 12, 5. If you have run with footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? I repeat that. If you have run with footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the flood plain of Jordan? Then how will you do in the flood plain? Of Jordan. I'm reading the second scripture from Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Romans 1 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Take note of that. For since the creation of the world, his Invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, in which you they are without excuse. I'm sharing on what I have termed contending with horses contending with horses this scripture the beginning from verse 1 gives an indication that possibly Jeremiah was in a complaining mood he has seen the prosperity of the ungodly 
He has seen how the wicked somehow seemed to prosper. And that possibly became a challenge. He was questioning. And the situation is like some of us. We believe that we are serving God. We are working in faithfulness. We're doing all that we have to do. We're giving all the offering. We're praying. And so we expect that things will be as they ought to be in accordance with the promises of God. And somehow we do not begin to see them. And so in our spirit, in our being, we begin to question. We begin to wonder if God's word is true. And somehow Jeremiah was going through that episode. He was wondering why the wicked begin to prosper as if God had planted them. Then verse 5, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, If you have run with footmen, if you have competed, if you have faced the challenge of human beings and you could not withstand, how can you contend with horses? If human beings, if human technology, if human system, if human ideas, if the things of men are able to wear you down. If the challenges that are common to human beings are able to cripple you, then how can you compete? How can you contend with horses? Now you, be, you begin to wonder why the issue about horse. Bible, the second reading says that the invisible nature of God is seen in creation. You know, it is very clear from scripture that we human beings have been made in the image of God. No doubt about that. But somehow, somewhere, we think that only human beings have been made in the image of God. But Paul is making it very clear that God's invisible nature is also made manifest in creation. And so if we want to see God, we can have a revelation from the things he has created. And so the psalmist say in Psalm 19, 1, that the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the majesty, the might, the beauty of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. So if we want to behold the glory of God, if we want to see the beauty of God, you can see that from the heavens. And sometimes when you fly and you look, you go beyond the skies and you look into the air, into the atmosphere. And you wonder the stars and the moon and the things and the beauty of creation. You begin to see how majestic is our God. So God is revealed even in his creation. And so, and, and the same way God begins to use even animals to show us his attributes. So after all, not only human beings carry the nature of God, the attributes of God. God, everything came out of God. Everything Animals, trees were birthed out of the spirit of God. Creation came from the breath of God. So they carry in them nature of God Almighty. Now, the Bible says that the slugger should go to the ants and learn of his ways. And so if we want to talk about strategic planning, God has even put that in an, in, in an ant. It's strange that ants, when you even disturb their flow, Quickly they get organized. But human beings, when we get to a traffic light and the lights are off, we cannot even control. That Anyway, that is Ghana, Ghana here. And, and that is to say that even we human beings, there are certain things we can learn from ants, common ants. The Bible says that we must be as wise as serpents. You know, the serpent, the snake knows how to strike at the right time. He knows when to take his prey. 
And human beings can learn from that. God has shown the ability to be strategic, the ability to strike at the right time, the ability to take the right decision, even from the serpent. So after all, the serpent is not only evil. Everything God has created, he's shown his invisible attributes in God. The Bible says that we must be as innocent as the dove and then shoot wise as serpents. And so if the Bible is saying that we must be able to contend with horses, then we want to ask ourselves, what is it that is in the horse that we must learn and be able to contend with it? In other words, God's standard is beyond human standards. If human beings can weary us, then it means that we've not even begun. It's just like Jesus telling the disciples that you could not even wait with me, you could not pray with me for an hour. It means that hour is the minimum. And so if God is saying that if you have competed with human beings, if you run a race with human beings, and they've been able to wear you out, it means that your level is so low. God expects us to go beyond the battle with human beings and be able to even contend with horses and overpower them in competition God expects us to win. And so when God is talking about we contending with horses, it means that our spirituality, our strength, certain things that are in horses, we as Christians must be able to face it head on and overcome. So what is it about the horse that God is saying that we must be able to contend with? Now, anytime you read the scripture, and horses are mentioned. They are normally linked with battle. The Bible talks about people trust in chariots. They have their hope in horses. But our hope is in the Lord. So horses are symbols of battle. Horses are symbols of race, of competition. Running a race, trying to compete, trying to overcome. So they also stand for being able to raise and being able to overcome. It talks about stamina, strength, courage. So nothing should beat us. No situation should come in our Christian life that will, should destroy us. And as I minister to you, if for some reason you have given up in your Christian faith, if for some reason you have given up in your commitment to God because of what a man has done, it could be a pastor, it could be a friend, it could be a loved one. If anyone has caused your faith, to dwindle. God is telling me that, oh, how weak is your strength? And that if human beings can destroy your faith. So, what is it again about her? Science makes it very clear. Studies have shown that horses have, among others, two critical attributes or characters that I want us to study. First one is that horses have survival instincts, survival ability. Horses know how to survive. They can survive. And so God is telling us that no matter the situation, there is grace for us to survive. And so by the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that we shall even survive COVID-19. No matter what, there's a spirit of survival in us. That strength, that energy that says that, yes, this thing is coming at me, but I will overcome it. And right now, if death is crouching at your door, receive the grace to survive. Receive the grace to resist and to come out as a survivor. Horses are noted to be able to survive. And they have three attributes that enables them to survive. First of all, is that horses have capacity to hear sound. So, 
when the owner is coming, they are able to know that this sound is from the owner. They are able to hear the sound of predators and they are also able to hear the sound of praise. Horses have special ability to hear sound. What is God therefore telling us? It presupposes that horses have a good hearing ability. God is saying that so many voices will be coming to us. So many counsel will be coming to us. Some counsel from people above you, those at your level, those below you, will all be professing counsel. It is not every counsel that must be taken. We must have the capacity to understand which counsel is of the Lord. What is God saying? What is the voice of the Lord in your current situation? Doctors may have brought a report, but what is the report of the Lord? What sound are you hearing? And that is that which enables them to survive. And so when there is a, a, a noise coming and they realize that this sound is from an enemy, they take cover. May God give us the grace to know the sound that we need to take cover from. That is why they are able to survive. They are also survivors because they have the capacity to smell. They know the scent of their master. They know even when the predator is somewhere and there, there's no movement, there's no sound, they're able to sniff. They're able to know that this animal is around. They have a special ability, even when there's no noise, when there's no sound, to discern, to know what is happening. And so God is calling upon us that in the midst of the various noises, in the midst of the various oppressions of the world, in the midst of the various spirits that are at work, we must have the capacity to discern. We must have the capacity to know. We must have the capacity to have insight us what is going on we must be able to smell and you know during this lockdown all kind of things happen there are so many things we do to entertain ourselves just over the weekend i was outside meditating praying just thinking all of a sudden i had a smell of a kinky kinky and some shito and i said what is this kinky who is doing this then all of a sudden just jokingly i wanted to entertain myself so i stood on a chair i looked over the wall trying to find out who was Having that lovely ball of kinky. Which house was the kinky coming from? That is what the horse is able to do. But don't go around smelling kinky. But the point I'm trying to say is that we must be able to sniff, we must be able to discern and know what is really happening. If we cannot discern, then we will not be able to contend with horses because horses have the capacity to smell. They have the capacity to distinguish between scent. They have the capacity to distinguish is what is it? Was what is that? What is that? If you have competed with men and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? Another character of the horse that I love so much, and I may want to dwell a bit here, is that it is said that horses can detect movement, steps. They know what kind of movement is coming. So even before the lion roars, or even before any any predator is a sign. Once the steps are coming, they know. They know the steps of their master. They know the steps. They know the movement of the owner. They know the movement of the wind. They know the movement around them. There are other attributes, but I will not want to spend too much time. We have been told that they are able to descend into the feelings of their master. Their emotional feelings. They are able to get all those things. But I want to just stick on that ability to understand movement. And this is where I pray that the body of Christ 
whether Pentecost, whether Methodist, whether Presby, the, whatever denomination, we will begin to understand that God has a timing. God has a movement in every generation. And as leaders, as members of the body of Christ, we must begin to understand what is the time. What is God doing? What is the season? You know, I recall some few years, about 14, 15 years ago, there was a movement in the church. There was a desire to reach out to persons with disability. There was a desire to there was a movement, Isaka, people who are within the academia, people who have finished universities. There was a movement to reach out with people with hearing impairment and speech impairment. There was a, a special outreach to commercial sex workers. And I, have, I can remember the names of some of our sisters who were pushing for this agenda. There was an outreach, young missionaries, people called to reach out the gospel within the nation and outside the nation. Now I recall... Um, a big man came to me. There was a sports, an outreach to sports ministry and all those things. About 40, 50 years ago. And then this big man came to me and said, uh, 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 Director, sir, sir, uh, football, football, now, more, more, so, more, 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 more. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Another came to me and said, uh, I, I, Thank God for that positive testimony. But when God is beginning to raise certain ideas, certain agenda within the body of Christ, the same body of Christ are the first people to resist it. We do not understand God's timing. Thankfully, it has come again. And we are hoping that this time, all of us will march our forces and be behind this. I also recall those times... There was a, a, a drive to use technology, a drive to use social media, a drive to use uh, flyers, posters, billboards to do jingles, to do publicity, use the media to push the kingdom of God. Then you had people rising and say, no, 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 no. The church is Holy Ghost. We don't need, we don't need to be on, radio, on TV. No, you guys are spoiling the church. Going on Facebook was a challenge. Even holding an iPad was a challenge. We had to battle with some people. He said, no, no, when you come to church, you must come with the Bible. That is what carries grace. That is what is powerful. When you see a witch, you can throw the Bible and it will cut. And we fought technology. We resisted it. Thank God for COVID-19. Now, I sit at home and I, I, I enjoy. Everybody is now using the very social media they talk. And when there's a new development, we are so quick to push it to the devil. I'll come to a point and I'll let you know why I'm going through saying this. And, and we have complained that yes, you, even, even, even your picture should not come there. We should use the picture of Jesus Christ. And I asked, ah, which, which is the Jesus picture? Which one? Who had a picture of Jesus? All the Jesus we see are architects and artists' impression of who Jesus is. We don't put your picture. Put Jesus' picture. The same people today you see them on social media with their picture and with their quotation. What is really happening? We, we do not understand the times. We do not appreciate it. We fight it. Look at how we fought head covering. Look at how we fought this. Well, we know that we are doing all these things for the good of the church. But my cry is that sometimes we fight these things and when that season passes, then now we are running after it. 
people must understand that there are times and there are seasons. Now, let me come to why I'm giving this example. Now there's a new movement. There's a new direction. There's something called 5G. And we have pastors, church leaders on TV fighting against 5G. Saying it's from, it's from the mark of the beast. Fighting uh, Corona. Even Corona is from mark of the beast. It's sickness. It's, 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 it's just disease. And, and then when the leadership of the church by divine instruction and by lead, the leadership of the nation said that we should lock down, people started saying, hey, even the executive and hey, church leaders, why did they lock down the church? They should have withstood. They should have stood. This is common sense. This is health issues. And yet you have people fighting leadership. When God is giving direction, the same people that are supposed to be carried along begin to resist it. And before we realize that season is past. Now, we will start fighting 5G. We'll start fighting this new technology before we realize the gay community, the, the musicians, all those people who use it and speedily advance the kingdom of the enemy. Then when we move to 7G, then now we we'll run as a church. We'll be following 5G. God should have mercy. Horses understand the time. They understand the movement. They are like men of Issachar. They know what God is doing. And listen, I began by reading the scripture that God's invisible nature is seen in his creation. So don't expect that you would only see God when we have met as a church and there's a prophecy. God is in his creation. God is in technology. We must begin to open our spirit and begin to see God in every creation. If not, we will miss it. We'd only be expected to hear God from a man of God. We'd only be expecting to hear God from prophecy. But God is also in technology. I, I, honestly, I am of I am of the firm conviction that any technology that comes, even if it is from the devil, we will use it for the kingdom of God. Any, then you shouldn't bring it. Once it comes, Joseph said, "You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good." Let us find God in everything that happens when we study it. We take our time, look through it, and we realize that, no, this is not from God. Then we can rise against it. But when you have not even taken your time to look at it, you may not know what God is doing. So those of us who are already beginning to post things and beginning to say all kinds of things about the Antichrist, let me just say, I believe that before the Antichrist can, we'll be gone. And even if the Antichrist, we are not gone and we are here, God knows how to protect his people. And so instead of being so antichrist conscious, let us be God conscious in what is happening. Let us have a focus and see God in technology. See God in creation. See God in the things that are around us. God's invisible nature is seen in the things that he has created. I pray that we will understand that God cannot be bossed and that the church Global must begin to appreciate and understand that if we can compete with horses, then we need to, like the horse, know when to descend, know when to hear the movement, know what, what God is doing. When it is time for the prophetic, when it's time for the miraculous, when it's time for grace to begin to happen, we don't begin to fight it. We don't begin to fight it. Now the second attribute of the horse I've said that the first one is the ability to survive. The ability to use some of these senses to survive. I pray that when the storms begin to come, when people are beginning to do all kinds of things, may you survive. 
May your vision survive. May your dreams survive. May your ideas survive. Don't give up. Press on. Because at the appointed time, even if it should take 10 years, 20 years, one day, the Lord will visit you. One day, the Lord will make a way out. The next thing, which is also critical for the body of Christ, is that horses know how to live in herds. They know how to live as a community. They know how to live as one body. God have mercy. They understand social harmony. They understand oneness. They understand unity. They, they flow together. They move together. They, they contend together. They stand for each other. I pray that the church will begin to appreciate that whether you were Methodist, whether you were Pentecost, whether you were Presbyterian, there is Christ somewhere. And that is where we must focus. I recall I went to a place at um, Suhum and there was this Presby minister. Oh my goodness. When the, the man stood up to minister, the atmosphere that the man brought, that pastor brought. When I was a minister at Kumeu, we had an Anglican pastor. An Anglican, we call, we call him father. That man carried some aura. And sometimes as the body of Christ, we be, if you are not careful, we begin to look down upon each other because we do not appreciate, we do not understand God's variety. God's invisible nature is in the things he has created. And if we will be able to stand and contend with the challenges of our time, we must understand what God does in our variety. And that is why in creation we don't only have goats and sheep, but we have serpents and we have lions. That is why we don't only have banana, but we have cassava. It brings variety, it brings beauty. So we cannot have a church where when we go, everybody is singing hallelujah chorus. It won't work. We can't have a church where everybody, everybody is playing the piano. Dun, 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 dun. So when you come to my church and I'm dancing and I'm shouting, you have a problem. You are the quiet type. You are the gentle type. You want a gentle service. So you go to somebody's service and it's a bit loud. You think that that is a sign of not knowing God. Since when? Since when? And so we begin to contend among ourselves. Instead of contending with horses. Instead of facing the challenge that confronts us. We begin to fight among ourselves. We begin to disrespect ourselves. It is, yes, we know there are challenges. We know there are people who take advantage. Yes, we know there are people who call themselves apostles who are not. Prophets who are not. Those ones are there. But we cannot throw the baby along with the water. We would have to look into the Christ in the various communities and come together. Can't we see what God is doing? Can't we see the movement, the mobilization of the church together? Yet in our hearts, sometimes we may sit at the same table as GPCC. And yet in our hearts, may God be merciful to us. And that is why this writer, the prophet, God was telling him that if you cannot compete with horses, then you have not met the standard. And not only competing, in fact, God wants us to overcome. So even if horses are able to come together, why not the body of Christ? Why not the church? Why can't we pull our resources together, our strength together, and let the kingdom advance? And sometimes, when there are certain things that people must begin to understand, the church is, it, it cannot be another tool for colonization. 
No. No, the church must operate within the same context. Be contextualized. I am of the firm believer. And I want you to understand and get the spirit behind what I'm sharing with you now. I'm a firm believer that there's God in every culture. There's God in every nationality. And so, if Presby in Ghana is going to the UK, if Pentecost is going to Germany, if, if Assemblies of God is going to Rwanda from Ghana, we must understand that there is God in Rwanda before we go there. There is God in Azerbaijan before we go there. So when we send the gospel there, we must not carry the totality of ourselves there and begin to insist that they do things our way. And sometimes I, I just look at it, you know, for instance, when you come to Pentecost, we have a song like Yedawasia and Sado, Eiwaya and Sado. Now, that is a typical, it's a prophetic song or rabbi, it's a typical Akan, typical Adwa rhythm. Now, when we go to India and we take this same song, Yedawasia and Sado, and we just brof, change it into English, I don't know how we even translate it. We forever praise you and we sing it this way. We forever thank you. We forever thank you. We think because we have changed it to English, we have contextual. No. The Indians will begin to, you know how they sing. So, the we may have to change the rhythm and make it. Somebody will say, no, 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 that's not how the Holy Ghost brought it. When the Holy Ghost brought it, he said, and we fight over rhythm. We fight over things like this. If you go to Jamaica and you go and sing it, they won't even enjoy the song. So yes, there are good songs we receive, but we must have the capacity to understand that God is in every culture. And so when we are out there, those of you listening to me in, in, in Rwanda, those of you listening to me in Israel, in, in Kenya, wherever you are, God has called us to be contextualized, to make bring fruition to wherever we are. And we must be able to, whether we are Ghanaians, we must de If we are Nigerians, we must de And let Christ be found relevant in every culture. It must have indigenous flair. And until the church begin to realize that we are one body and be willing to allow some bit of adjustment, all that God is saying is that Yedawasia and Sanda. That's the message. How the message is going to communicate, that shouldn't be a fight. Paul said to all people, I become all to all men. To the Greek, I become Greek. In other words, if God is going to sing to the Greek, he will take a Greek rhythm. May God open our minds to understand some of these things and not fight over it. And so if you come to some church and then you have seen that a particular song you came, they have changed it to suit the environment. Don't fight over it. At the end of the day, all we are saying is that Yadawasia and Sanda. If you go to a situation where their, their culture is rapping and they begin to say Yadawasia and Sanda and you fight, why why are you turning that song into rap? Abba. All we are saying is Yadawasia and Sanda. May God grant us the grace to know that the petty, petty things that we fight over, that brings division, that brings discord. So the time and energy that we need to concentrate on contending with the horses, we begin to argue about whether we should clap this way. I recall some days even we used to fight. 
about how we should clap. We say Pentecost, we clap like this. And that is when you clap like this, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a battle. If men have wearied you, if these things have destroyed your conviction and your faith, how can you contend against it? Now, please, I'm not asking for a dilution of the song. I'm not asking for a distraction of the spirit behind the song. All I'm saying is that we must learn that when we move into a different environment, God is already there. It is God who gave them the culture. It is God who gave them rhythm. It is not from the devil. And that is what some missionaries did to us. They made us believe that everything African is bad. And so look at me sweating like this because I have to be in a suit on a sunny day. I almost wore something simple and I said, ah, if I'm not careful, <laughs> don't even listen to the message. So I had to be in this. Next time, if I come and I'm not in this, you would understand that in Ghanaian culture, there is Christ. In, in our dancing, in the things we do, there is Christ. And we must be able to bring that unity of purpose. So if you see us drumming and dancing, it is still spiritual. If you go to another culture and they don't dance, they sit on the floor and cross their leg. Enjoy it. Don't insist that they must begin to stand up and clap and, and shout. No. If you go to an environment and they are quiet, enjoy their quietness. I remember I went to a church somewhere, I think in China or so, and I, I was, it was interesting. When they go to church, what they do is that when they say we should pray, one person will stand up, oh, Father, I thank you for your presence. I give you praise. You pray a little, then you will sit down. The other person will stand up. And praise you, Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for all my... You speak, speak, and sit down. Another person will stand up and say, hey, ah, is this church? We want Pentecost. Big, 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 big. Hallelujah. Fire. We even sometimes beat drums. You know, if yours... You know, in our traditional culture, when you beat the drums, then the home home will come. So, it's okay. It's our culture. Let them beat the drums, and it will come. In other cultures, it's the piano, it's the keyboard that brings the drum. I'm saying that even horses know how to coexist. Even horses know how to understand the critical matters. And as a church, we must begin to understand what are critical issues and not begin to fight our non-essentials. We have a race to run. There are battles to be won. Give us the energy, the strength to contend. There are demons, there are past principalities, there are powers that must be silenced. Souls that are dying, people are perishing. And I thank God once again for COVID-19. Oh goodness, I think God allowed it. But for this, some of us would have never had time for our families. Some of us would have never had time to even think about using the media to reach out. And li listen to me. I believe that something good will come out of this situation. And I'm so determined to see the light in this darkness. Rather than only seeing light. I can foresee that the various messages that have been left on Facebook. The various messages that have been left on Twitter, on Instagram. Years to come, they will still be there. Generations will come and be saved. That is what technology does. That is what God has used COVID-19. And I pray that even after COVID-19, these things will not die down. The lessons from it will seriously be helpful. At the end of the day, listen to this. God says, if you have competed with men and they have wearied you, how can you contend with horses? The conclusion of the matter 
I've just tried to give certain examples that we fight over. I've tried to give certain things that we can contextualize. And I, I pray you get the spirit behind what I'm saying. I pray you get the understanding. I'm not talking about neutralizing the spirituality. And that is what I will use to conclude. I'm talking about focusing on the things that will enable us to contend. What makes Pentecost, Pentecost is not the way we dance. It's not even the way we sing. Because that one is, is, is culture based. What makes Pentecost, Pentecost is the presence of the Holy Spirit. When people are filled of grace, when people are filled of the fear of God, that is Pentecost. When there is prayer, when people can wrestle with God in prayer days, hours, weeks, saying that God, this is your promise for the church, interceding for leadership, interceding for the body of Christ, that is Pentecost. When we talk about Pentecost, we are talking about commitment to faith, commitment to right doctrine, commitment to understanding scripture. Not being deceived by these charlatans. Not being deceived by false prophets. Not being deceived by people who pretend they know the scriptures. Let me make it very clear. That what will enable us to contend with horses is our ability to be sensitive. Is our ability to hear God. It's our ability to understand that this is the voice of the Lord in this season. That is Pentecost. Our ability to descend the spirit of falsehood from the spirit of, I mean, truth. The spirit of Christ. Our ability to understand the movement of God and to take the gospel by the world by storm. And thank God for the possession of the nation vision. And I'm seeing the nation coming under the knowledge of the Lord. And that will mean that we have to stop some battles that we are fighting which are not necessary. And begin to concentrate on the allowing the Holy Ghost to use us to possess the nations. Allowing the Holy Ghost to bring glory. That is what the church is about. I pray that we would understand that God has called us to reveal his glory. If human beings have worn you out. I don't know what has worn you out. Have you stopped the church? Have you stopped ministry? Have you resigned as an elder? Have you resigned as a deacon? Have you stopped the church because a member insulted you? Oh, if human beings can destroy your faith, then how weak is your strength? Then how small is your strength? If you falter in the day of adversity, how small is your strength? May God give you energy. May God give you strength. May God give you capacity. And as I bring the presentation to a close, what I want to leave with you is that may your ears be opened. May your senses be made alive. So that when God says move, you move. When God is speaking through technology, when God is speaking through the things that are around, the things that are happening, when God is speaking through our brothers, our friends, when God is speaking through members, we'll be able to catch the spirit of what God is doing. If you have run with men on foot. If you have faced these little challenges that I'm talking about, if someone has said things against you, if someone has taken decisions against you and it has killed your fire, God is saying that, oh, your strength is so small. If at your workplace, what your boss is doing is killing your fire and you cannot stand as a Christian, you have compromised your faith, you have compromised your religion, because of what man is doing, you couldn't compete with men. How can you compete with horses? 
If there are things that are common to men, the temptations that are common to men, we cannot stand it. Then how can we compete with horses? Today, I release strength into your bosom. I release grace upon you. I pray your ears will open. I pray your eyes will open. I pray all your spiritual senses will come alive so that you have the grace to compete. And no matter the battle, may the Lord enable you to overcome. May it be said of us that yes, we raised with footmen, we overcame them. We contended with horses. We contended with the challenges of our time. And we overcame them. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the oil of the Holy Spirit be with you. Be able to contend with horses. Be able to contend with the challenges. Be able to win what horses can do. Contending means we must be able to do better. So if they can hear, let us hear better. If they can sense, let us sense better. If they can sense the movement, let us sense the movement better. And if they can be more united, let us be more united. God richly bless you.